Welcome to episode 44 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Norma Jean Nilsson began performing when she was 3 years old in 1941, entertaining troops during World War II at army camps throughout the U.S. She won a talent contest at age 4 on KECA Radio, made her first radio appearance at age 5 on Free World Theater, and over the next decade, she appeared in hundreds of other radio shows, in such roles as Cookie and Blondie, Kathy and Father Knows Best, Glory May and the Jack Carson Show, and many, many others. In 1947, she was the highest-paid child actress on radio. She also appeared in several television shows and movies in the 50s as well. Once she reached adulthood, she retired from the entertainment business. The BBC radio show A Life of Bliss began in 1953 for 118 episodes, before moving to television in the early 60s. It starred George Cole as the absent-minded bachelor David Bliss, Nora Swinburne as his sister Pamela, Esmond Knight as his brother-in-law Robert Batten, and Percy Edwards as Psyche the Dog. The show was originally created for the actor David Tomlinson in the role of David Bliss, but due to contractual obligations, he was unable to take it, and George Cole assumed the role instead. Now sit back and enjoy the February 16, 1950 broadcast of Father Knows Best and the June 2, 1957 broadcast of A Life of Bliss. Mother, is Maxwell House the best coffee in the whole world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House. The coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. This is the time of year, I think, when most people become restless. The weather's bad, summer vacations are a long way off. It's one of those times when you wish you could just get away from it all for a while. Spend a weekend in the country and relax. Well, before you get any such ideas, let's stop off in Springfield at the white frame house on Maple Street and see how the Andersons were affected one fine Friday by a notion just like that, like this. Mother, if you'd only speak to Father about it. I'm sorry, Betty, but I don't think it's a good idea. Gee whiz. All right, Kathy, stop playing with your cereal and drink your milk. Well, it isn't as though we wanted something stupendous. Creepers, Janie Liggett's father takes them all the time. I know, dear, but the Liggetts have more money than we do. Joe Phillips' father isn't any richer than we are, and they've been away twice. Everybody can have fun but us. All we ever do is stay home and drink milk. <laughs> well, of course, there's uh, another way of doing it. If it's so terribly important, why don't you ask your father? You mean me? 
I mean all of you. All he can do is say no. Mother's absolutely right. As soon as Father comes down, we'll have Bud ask him. Oh, good. Why do I have to ask him? It was your idea. That's right. Leave all the dirty work to me. You always do anyway. Now, Betty, if Bud doesn't want to do it... He never wants to do anything. Is that so? Yes, that's so. I do more around here than you and Kathy put together. Oh, you do not. I do, too. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning, Father. Who carries the garbage out? I do. Who takes care of the ashes? I do. Good morning, Bud. I work harder than any kid in this neighborhood, and you know it. Bud. When there's grass, I have to cut it. (laughs) Leaves, I have to rake them. Sidewalks, I have to sweep them. Bud. Every time it snows, who gets handed a shovel? Me. Every time someone has to go to the store, who gets called? Me. Bud. Any time there's a... <laughs> Any time that there's a... Bud. Yes, Dad? Good morning. Good morning, Dad. That's better. Now, as soon as your mother hands me my coffee... There you are, dear. Thank you. You may tell me the reason for that impassioned recitation of Sterling, if highly questionable accomplishment. Huh? What's the beef, bud? (laughs) Well, Betty said that I ought to ask you, and I just said I wouldn't. In a few million well-chosen words. Well, gosh, why should I? It was her idea in the first place. What was? What we were talking about. What were you talking about? Betty's idea. (laughs) Uh, Let's start all over again from the beginning. Good morning, bud. Good morning. Beautiful day, isn't it? Uh, Jim, dear. Just a moment, Margaret. I'm trying to sneak up on this thing. What thing, dear? Margaret, please, one at a time. (laughs) All right, bud. Betty had an idea, and you don't see why you should, because when it snows, you have to run errands with a shovel. Then what? Is that what I said? (laughs) I'll get your cereal, dear. Thank you. Father. Yes, Betty? Father, we were thinking, well, that is, we all thought, well, what I mean is, it'd be just as good for you. It would? Oh, of course. And you'd probably have a much better time than anybody. Where? What? Where would I have this wonderful time? Of where we were talking about. I see. Good morning, bud. (laughs) Good morning, Dad. Beautiful day, isn't it? Uh, Jim. Margaret, if you'll just have a little patience, please. I got a lot closer that time. (laughs) Well, gee whiz, if somebody doesn't ask him, I'll be late for school. Uh, Would it ease the situation if I said no without anybody asking me? Oh, Well, I was just trying to help. Oh, here you are, dear. Nice hot cereal. Mmm, smells wonderful. Cream and sugar, bud, please. Okay, Dad. Thank you. Father. Daddy. Dad. Yes? We were just wondering. Do you suppose it'd be all right? Just this one. If we all went away? To the mountains? For the weekend. Is that the question? Yes. No. (laughs) Mmm, tastes good, too. Gee whiz. You see, kids, it wasn't hard at all, was it? All you have to do is speak right up. But you said no. That's right. Holy cow. Joe Phillips didn't even want to go to the mountains, and his father took him. Good. The Liggetts go practically every weekend, and they have a wonderful time. Fine. Everybody goes except us, and we don't ever get to go anyplace. You know, it's a funny thing. We've got a comfortable home, warm, 
clean, practically bulging with modern conveniences, but is anybody satisfied? No. You'd rather spend the weekend shivering in some flea trap in the woods. <laughs> but, Father, it's fun. Sure. Why this sudden passion for the mountains? What's the matter with Springfield? Well, gosh, we want to get out in the snow. What do you think that is in the backyard? Confetti? <laughs> we mean lots of snow, Father. Millions of bushels of snow. Okay, I'll talk to Ed Davis and see if we can borrow some of theirs. <laughs> Father, I've got a brand new ski suit and I've never even worn it. And what good are my skates? And what good is a sled without hills? And they don't have any big hills in Springfield. They keep all the hills in the mountains. <laughs> Look, kids, you don't think I like to say no, do you? It's just that, well, uh, we can't afford it. It doesn't cost very much, Father. Really, it doesn't. Betty knows a place near Crestline where you can rent a cabin for practically nothing. And it doesn't even have water in it. So look at the money we'd save on soap. <laughs> Margaret, will you explain to them... It's right on the edge of a lake, Father. And, and you can even rent an ice boat. And the hills are 800 miles long. Why is it that I always have to be the villain? Everybody seems to think I stay awake nights trying to figure out ways to make my family miserable. Oh, you know we don't, Jim. It's just that this would be so much fun for the children. But it wouldn't, Margaret. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I know those little cabins you can get for practically nothing. They're one-room shanties with no improvements except built-in pneumonia. But Joe Phillips told me... Joe that... Phillips was sick for a week after their last trip, wasn't he? Well, sure, And but... his father was flat on his back for two weeks. I know, Dad, but... Nothing happened to Mrs. Phillips. How can you tell? <laughs> Helen Phillips could have a galloping case of sleeping sickness, and nobody'd ever know the difference. Jim, please. Well, I'm just trying to explain. Janie Liggett's family goes to a place. Betty. Yes, Father? We are not the Liggetts. I know, Father, Nobody but... can afford to do what the Liggetts do. But, Father... And that includes the Liggetts. <laughs> Father, if you'll only let me tell you Tell me what? We don't mind roughing it for a few days, do we? Heck no Gosh, it'd be worth getting pneumonia Kathy Well, wouldn't it? It may be that I have very old-fashioned ideas But I believe that a father has certain obligations to his family And keeping them alive happens to be one Now, let's not talk about it anymore I'll be 50 years old before I get a chance to use my sled. Well, fine, you can take your grandchildren for a ride. <laughs> Daddy, you're silly. I am, huh? Sure, they'll have their own sleds. <laughs> Margaret, wait till you hear what happened. Where are the kids? We're well, upstairs, Father. Well, come on down. We're going to the mountains. We're what? Most amazing thing you ever heard. Oh, but, Jim, I thought you said that Wouldn't you... happen once in a million years. But, Jim, I... Oh, 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 All right, let's oh, calm down. Everybody take it easy. Father, what happened? Well, Mr. Gribble came into my office this afternoon, and we, well, we were discussing families and children, and first thing you know, I told him how I was letting mine down. Oh, Jim, dear, you aren't really. Well, I'm not now. Mr. Gribble says we can use his hunting lodge. A hunting lodge? Holy cow. 
wait till I tell Janie Liggett. Well, Jim, I thought you didn't want to go to the mountains. Margaret, I didn't want to go to one of those shacks the kids were talking about. But Gribble's hunting lodge, well, that's a different story. You can just imagine what kind of a place he has. Oh, Father, you're wonderful. You're just the most wonderful father anybody ever had. And how? Well, don't just stand there. Go on upstairs and pack. Pack? Jim, you don't mean now. Of course I mean now. If we want to get there before dark, we've got to leave ten minutes ago. <laughs> Takes over two hours to get there. But I can go now, Father. I have a date tonight and tomorrow night. So have I. Well, if this isn't... You said you wanted to go to the mountains, didn't you? Sure, but we didn't mean today. Holy cow. <laughs> Jim, we can't possibly go on such short notice. Well, uh, our clothes aren't ready, and, and we have to buy food. Gribble said the place was loaded with food. And what kind of clothes do you need? Shove a couple of sweaters in a suitcase and you're all set. What'll I tell Billy Smith and Dick Andrews? What'll I tell Joe Phillips? I don't care what you tell them. I told Mr. Gribble we'd be happy to use his hunting lodge and we're going to use it. I don't want to go to the mountain. <laughs> I thought you wanted to use your sled. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Father, you don't even like the mountains. I love the mountains. You said it wasn't any fun. I'm starting to have fun right now, see? <laughs> <laughs> But you said we'd all get pneumonia. I don't care if we all get double pneumonia. You said you wanted to go to the mountains, and you're going to the mountains if I have to drag you. Well, let's start packing. After all... I know. Father knows best. <laughs> Like it or not, the family's going to take that trip to the mountains. We'll see how they fare in just a moment. But right now, ladies, with all coffee prices high these days, it really pays to remember Maxwell House is true economy. Yes, and here's how one lady found that out. When coffee prices went up, she started shopping around, thinking she could find a cheaper coffee that would do. But when she brought one home, her husband turned thumbs down. Too weak, he said. So she put a lot more in the pot. But still her husband wouldn't drink it up. It may be strong now, he told her, but the flavor's all wrong. This coffee just doesn't have what it takes. And meal after meal, leftover coffee went to waste. Then she realized Maxwell House is true economy. Sure it is. Because you get so many more truly good cups of coffee from every pound. Discover the wonderful difference that vacuum packing means the extra freshness and clear, rich taste. See how much more your husband and you enjoy that wonderful flavor. So good to the last drop, you drink every drop. You'll say Maxwell House is true economy. So get your money's worth and more. Remember, in your cup, on your table, Maxwell House is true economy. Always good to the last drop. <laughs> Well, a few peaceful hours have gone by, and on the edge of a quiet mountain road, white with new fallen snow, we find the Andersons. The air is crisp and clear, 
and because of the altitude, just a trifle thin. Maybe that's why poor Jim is puffing just a little. Or perhaps there's another reason, like this. Okay, bud. When I give you the word, give it the gas. Okay, Dad. Are you ready? You bet. Well, let's go. Okay, bud, that's enough. You say something, Dad? I said that's enough. Turn it off. Okay. No good country roads. Always getting stuck. Didn't work, huh, Dad? No, it didn't work. Now we're good and stuck. Well, Father, I told you we were going off the road. You told me. Everybody's always telling me. Look at the tree. Look at the sky. Look, look, look. How do you expect me to see anything? <laughs> but, but... We aren't off the road. We're still on the road. We're halfway through the road. Dear, maybe we ought to go back home. Margaret, how are we going to go anywhere? We're stuck. Well, I mean, after we get out. Well, let's worry about it when we get out. If we get out. I'm hungry. Now, let's not start that again, Kathy. But I am. Jim, I told you we should have brought some food. Well, how did I know we were going to get stuck? We should have been there an hour ago. Bud. You want me, Dad? No, I just want to hear your name. <laughs> it's such a beautiful name, so warm and friendly. Holy cow, now what did I do? <laughs> Nothing. Come on out here and help me push. Okay. The chains won't take, huh, Dad? I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem to be the snow so much. I think we got into some kind of a hole. Doggone thing looks like the Grand Canyon. Uh, Betty? Yes, Father? Slide over in back of the wheel. Daddy! Just a minute, Kathy. Put it in low, and when I give you the signal, let the clutch out fast. Do you understand? I suppose so. <laughs> well, there's nothing so complicated about it. Daddy! What is it, Kathy? Somebody's coming. Well, good for us. Maybe now we'll get out of here. Hello there. Hey. <laughs> I said hello. Uh, we're stuck in the snow. Having a little trouble? Yes, we're uh, stuck in the snow. No, huh? Sure looks like you're having trouble. We are. We're stuck. Hey. <laughs> I said we're stuck. Uh, can you pull us out with your tractor? Actors, huh? <laughs> I don't see many of them up here in the wintertime. I didn't say we were actors. We want you to pull us out of the snow. Putting on a show, huh? <laughs> no. Good for you. <laughs> Will you please turn that thing off? Eh? I said turn the motor off. Turn it off. Wait till I turn this darn thing off. Can't hear you. <laughs> now, well, what is you saying, young feller? I said we're stuck in the snow. Well, I... you don't have to shout. I ain't deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We, uh, we'd appreciate it very much if you'd pull us out. Ooh, stuck in the snow, huh? <laughs> yes, we certainly are. Well, won't be much of a job. Where are you putting on the show? I told you before, we're not actors. No? No. Well, then what are you doing putting on a show? <laughs> we're not putting on a show. I never even mentioned a show. I said we were stuck in the snow. Oh, snow. 
I thought you said show. No. Well, don't make much difference. Never go anyway. Here, grab onto this tow rope. All right. Want me to hook it up, Dad? Yeah, go ahead, bud. I'll wrap it around the bumper a couple of times. You better hook it onto the frame, bud. Okay. I sure could have sworn you said you was actors. <laughs> no, we're just up here for the weekend. A friend of ours is letting us use his hunting lodge. Maybe you know him, J.P. Gribble? Gribble? Nope, can't say he's a do. What's he look like? Well, he's rather large, has a very deep voice, about yeah. 50 years old, very dignified. Hey, you mean the feller comes up from Springfield, fatso. <laughs> yes, he lives in Springfield. Well, you ain't gonna get to Fatso's place this way. I'm not? No, sir. You're heading down to the lake. Oh. Guess you took the wrong turn back at the corners. I see. Uh, is it uh, very far from here? No. Won't take you more than 20 or 30 minutes. I'll show you a special shortcut. Save you three or four miles anyway. <laughs> How you doing, son? I think I've just about got it. Okay. Climb out from under there. Hurry up, bud. You've been very kind, and I want you to know we appreciate it. Oh, shucks. Ain't hardly nothing. <laughs> what are people for if not to help one another? If you can't be neighborly, I always say you might just as well go someplace and lay down. <laughs> and that's all I'm doing is being neighborly. Well, it isn't everybody who'd go to all this trouble for complete strangers. It's all set. Okay, son. Well, I'll have you yanked out of there in no time now. Thank you. You'll never know how grateful we are. Oh, that's okay. Would you like to give me the money now? We... <laughs> what? Well, it ain't that I don't trust you, but these here tractors don't go very fast. A couple of fellas got away slick as a whistle. Oh. Weren't very uh, neighborly, huh? Not so as you could notice it. Well, hand up the $15 and we'll get going. $15? Hi, ain't it? Why, it's outrageous. Yeah, I know. But don't forget, I got a split with a fella what dug the hole. <laughs> why, why are we stopping, Jim? Oh, it's no sense going any further. I can't even see the road. Boy, it's sure snowing. I'm hungry. <laughs> Father, I told you we were on the wrong road. We are not on the wrong road. He said turn left after the small bridge and then right at the fork. But he said two miles, and you went almost five. Well, I have a very silly habit. When I make a turn, I like it to be on a road. <laughs> or would you rather go floating around in somebody's cornfield? Oh, Jim, please don't get upset. I'm not getting upset, but we're not lost. Well, where are we? How do I know? <laughs> Stop asking silly questions. Dad. What? Do you see something out there? Where? Over there, in back of those trees. Father, it's a house. I don't see any... Oh, that's no house. It looks more like a cattle shelter. Well, it's better than being cooped up in the car. My legs are paralyzed. I'm hungry. <laughs> Jim, we've got to do something. We can't sit here all night. Maybe someone lives here, Dad. They might know where Mr. Gribble's place is. All right, let's go ask him. Oh. Boy, that wind's cold. Well, don't just stand there. Let's go. Jim? Wait a minute, bud. Margaret, there's no need for you to come along. Well, if you don't mind, dear, we'd rather... Margaret, I'm perfectly capable of asking... Oh, you mean they might have some food. I'm hungry. 
free. Right now, if I had to choose between a mink coat and a cup of coffee, I'd be reaching for the cream and sugar. Well, come on, Kathy. I'll carry you. Oh, thank you, Daddy. Let's go, bud. When I think of where I could be right now. Betty. Sitting in a nice warm movie, eating nice hot popcorn. Betty, this whole thing was your idea. My idea. And if I hear so much as one word of complaint out of you, so help me, I'll paddle you bow-legged. Father! That's telling her, Daddy. That goes for you, too. Gee whiz. I wanted to stay home where it's warm and comfortable. No, we've got to be like the Liggetts and the Phillips. Got to go to the mountains for the weekend. Look at this place. The worst-looking dump I've ever seen. The door's locked. Well, don't you think you ought to knock first? There's nobody inside, Dad. I looked through the window. Oh, dear, now what are we going to do? Bud, you've got heavy shoes on. See if you can kick the lock off the door. Oh, Jim, do you think... It's all right, Margaret. Go ahead, Bud. Okay, Dad. Don't kick it too hard. You might shove the whole building over. Gosh, that was easy. Don't feel too excited about it, Samson. (laughs) A large termite could have done the same thing. (laughs) Well, let's go on in. Now, there's nothing to be afraid of, Kathy. Go on in. Oh, Jim, isn't this place awful? Well, this is what they wanted. A weekend in the mountains. Aren't there any lights? No. And the bath is probably the first door on the left and 300 yards straight ahead. (laughs) Dad, here's a candle. Well, light it. Okay. What's the matter? Where? Up in the wall. Oh, Kathy. Oh, <laughs> well, well, there is. And they chopped his head off. It's just a trophy, Kathy, probably shot by whoever owns this horrible joint. See, there's a plaque under it. Oh, I don't like it. Let me have the candle, bud. Here you are, Dad. Now, look, Kathy, there's nothing to it. See, it says, Black Bear, 840 pounds. Oh, no. Uh, Jim, what is it? December 1st, 1938, J.P. Gribble. So that's Mr. Gribble's hunting lodge. Looks like the family's got to make the best of a very poor bargain. And that brings up a mighty important point. Ladies, when you buy coffee, remember Maxwell House is true economy. Sure, Maxwell House is true economy. Of course, you can find cheaper coffees if the price tag is all you consider. But just consider this. Is there any economy when you have to use lots more coffee to make it strong enough, yet even then you can't get the flavor you want? Is there any economy when the flavor is so lacking your family leaves coffee unfinished in the cup? Figure it out. You'll say Maxwell House is true economy. So many more cups of wonderfully good coffee in every pound. So rich and extra flavorful. So good to the last drop, you always want more. Yes, there's good reason why more people drink Maxwell House than any other brand at any price. Maxwell House is true economy. So tomorrow, get your money's worth and more. Get Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. (laughs) 
horrible night is over at last. Now it's Saturday morning. The storm has passed, the sun is shining, and the entire world seems brighter and far more cheerful. To most people, that is. Good morning. Good morning, dear. Did you sleep well? Like a top. And I'm still spinning. <coughs> oh, my back. I'll never get it straightened out. Where are the kids? They're outside in the snow. Oh, they're having a wonderful time. See, you can see them through the window. I can see them through the wall. <laughs> Margaret, have you ever seen any place worse than this in your life? No, dear, I haven't. Hunting Lodge. Just wait till I see that guy gribble. Oh, he meant well, dear. You should have heard the build-up he gave it, too. Secluded, restful, the most beautiful view in the country. Well, there is a nice view, Jim. Sure, especially through the roof. Look at it. <laughs> well, you'll feel better after a nice hot breakfast. Oh, you found the food, huh? Uh-huh, a whole closet full. Good. I haven't eaten since noon yesterday. Well, what would you like? Some nice hot beans? Margaret, don't be ridiculous. I'll have eight dozen eggs and about 40 sausages. No sausages, dear. How about some nice hot beans? Oh, thank you. I'll just have eggs. No eggs, dear. How about some nice hot beans? Margaret, I don't like beans. Why can't I... Margaret. Yes, dear. You mean... Yes, dear. A whole big closet full of beans. <laughs> Like good things the easy way. Good things the easy way. Instant Maxwell House, that's for you. Good, good coffee that's easy too. No time, no trouble. No grounds, no fuss. And it's good to the very last. You, you know, know what? Yes, Instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. Here's real instant coffee. All pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. Enjoy Instant Maxwell House. Instantly. Good to the very last, you know what? Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Don't forget, membership cards for the Robert Young Good Drivers Club are waiting for you at your local NBC station. Get a man-to-man -man or dad-to-daughter pledge and sign up today. Be a good driver. Get your membership card in the Robert Young Good Drivers Club today. Now until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for Screen Guild Theater, which follows immediately over most of these stations. What are you doing this evening? Is Penny coming around? Yes, we're going to the pictures. Mm, doubt if you'll make it. Why? Should be too busy listening to Anne. And you to A Life of Bliss. <laughs> Being the biography of a shy young bachelor with Diana Churchill, Colin Gordon, Petula Clark, Moira Lister, and Percy Edwards. A further episode in the life story of David Alexander Bliss, better known to us as George Cole.
Listening to Anne? Well, listening to all her news. About what? Our newly arrived neighbor. Neighbor? You don't mean Anne hasn't told you about it? Not a word. Must be an oversight. I've heard about nothing else. A merry young widow, to wit, Mrs. Blair. Well, I wonder why she's moved here. To woo. Well, that's the rumor, anyway. <laughs> yeah, have you seen my slippers anywhere? They should be under this chair. Psyche. Tony's slippers. <laughs> come on, come on. Where are they? <laughs> no, it's all right. They, they were here all the time. <laughs> For once. Where, where, where were we? Oh, yes, the, the new neighbor. Mm. What, what, what day did she arrive? Um, what night was supper late? Uh, night before last. That was the day Mrs. Blair moved her furniture in. Why, did, did Anne give her a helping hand? No, just kept watching brief. If brief's the word I want, she's got a complete inventory. Oh, nonsense. Anne's not interested in the neighbors? Oh, my dear chap, I appreciate your loyalty for your sister, but there's no such woman. No? Good gracious, no. There are several different types, of course. You even get the woman who's quite open about it. She sits firmly at the window. There's a self-conscious type who hovers in the background. The furtive type, you know, the one you see peering out from behind the curtains. Oh, I've, I've never seen Anne. She's the expert type. They've got it down to a fine art. It's perfectly natural. Natural? Women are naturally inquisitive. They like to know about people. All about them. Especially about other women. I wonder why. So they can tell other women all about them. And that's what Anne will be doing tonight. What? T telling Penny all about Mrs. Blair? Well, not quite all, apparently. I gather there's some mystery as to exactly who she's wooing. Still, that's only an added relish. Well, how, how do you mean? Well, a touch of mystery makes it all the more interesting. So there you are. I doubt if you'll get to the picture. Oh, oh that, that, that'll be Penny now. All right, I'll go. Oh, thank you, Anne. We, we won't have to hurry. We, we've only got ten minutes to get there. You're still not convinced? Why did you expect me to be? Quite apart from anything else, it was Penny who suggested going. Oh. Really, Anne? When did she move in? The day before yesterday. Hello, Penny. Oh, hello, darling. Hello, Tony. Hello there. Well, we, we've got exactly ten minutes to get there. Yes, I know. What's she like, Anne? She seems charming. Oh, yeah. Of course, I haven't told you about... Oh, what? still, I'm, I, I don't want to make you late. Oh, that's all right. We've got hours yet. Well, come into the kitchen with me. Oh, I'd love to. She's got some beautiful furniture. Mm -hmm. Well, now that you're in for the evening, how about a game of cribbage? <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Uh, it's all right, I'm only pulling your leg. I won't say I told you so, but you must admit I was right. Apparently. There's nothing they'd like better than a good old gossip. I know. It's even better than the pictures. I only wish Mrs. Blair would hurry up and marry a mystery man. Why? Have you got a personal interest? Definitely. She keeps borrowing Tony to do our jobs for her. Well, only once. Twice. Well, even so, it could be worse. Neighbors usually borrow the lawnmower. She borrowed both. And I've only got one of them back. Well, how do you mean? Tony's still around there. <laughs> <laughs> See, still, it, it must be awfully difficult for a woman living alone. On the contrary, it couldn't have been easier. He volunteered. Not that I mind, only... Well, she puts on the most awful act. What, for, for Tony's benefit? Mm. What, what, what sort of act? Oh. <laughs> the helpless female. You weren't here the evening she came round, were you? No. She had a wonderful line. Now, what was that? Where would we be without men? Oh, gosh, did you really say that? <laughs> she really said it. Oh, without the flicker of an eyelid? With all the flickering of a silent picture. Her performance wasn't much better either. Well, I say, you haven't got it in for her. It's not her fault. She's just too old for the part. Oh, come now, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I don't mean it unkindly, really. I don't, but... Well, she must be about... About your age? I'd put her a year or two younger. There, now, you you couldn't be nicer than that, could you? Well, actually, I, I, I'm surprised at Tony falling for it. You're forgetting she's an attractive woman. Is she? Well, isn't she? Well, I, I wouldn't have said she was. Tony was pretty guarded, too. 
He definitely thought she was attractive that night. Well, did he say so? No, but his eyes spoke volumes, all uncensored. No. <laughs> well, you're obviously joking. Tony's only got eyes for you. Don't be so silly. They're positively nomadic. Nomadic? Perpetually wandering. <laughs> Not seriously? No, just instinctively. And it doesn't worry you? Not a bit. It worries Tony, though. He got quite cross when I teased him about Mrs. Blair. Why? What did you say? Nothing, really. It's an explosive subject. Oh, I say, thanks for the tip. Oh, don't be silly. It's safe enough for you. Men love to compare notes. About women? Yes. And that's something no wife should mind. While they're comparing notes, they're safe enough. Well, I, I, I wouldn't dream of it. You'll never be accepted as one of the chaps unless you do. Perhaps not, but... Well, I, I, I wouldn't know how to begin. Pretty girl, old boy, eh? And that's all? That, plus a lot of elbow work. <laughs> uh, a lot of el elbow? You have to keep on digging the other chap in the ribs. Whatever for? <laughs> well, I suppose it's based on the principle that actions speak louder than words. Is it essential? Vital, especially in your case. Why? You wouldn't know the word. <laughs> what words? Oh, see what I mean? How, how do we get on to this, anyway? Tony and Helen Blair. Helen? Yes, didn't you know? No, I, I didn't, actually. I, I, I can't understand why he should get angry just because you teased him. That's easy. He suffers from a strange delusion that I don't trust him with other women. But you do, really. Well, of course I do. Tony's a typical family man. He likes his home, loves his food, and adores his car. He's secretly proud of his children. And just occasionally, on a particularly good day, when both the car and the children have behaved beautifully... He'll sit back after an unusually good meal in a nice warm room. And quite suddenly, remember he's got a wife. <laughs> well, that's terrible. That's nice. And that's Tony. Well, there you are. You've got nothing to worry about. Oh, for goodness sake, you're as bad as he is. I know there's nothing to worry about, and I'm glad he's helping her out. But, well, she is attractive. Well, what difference does that make? All the difference. Oh, gosh, I see what you're getting at now. You, you think that's why... There's Tony now. In here, darling. With you in a second. No, I, I'm sure you're wrong. That, that, that isn't why he's helping out. It is, you know. Men can never resist a pretty face. History proves that. For example? Her namesake, Helen of Troy. Well, I, I can't see Mrs. Blair launching a thousand ships. You never know. She might go one better. When you first move into a house, there are a thousand and one jobs to do. Yes, and that's why Tony's helping out. Not, not, not because she's attractive. You wouldn't say that if you've been here at the launching. Launching? <laughs> well, would we be without men? Only a pretty face could get away with that. You'll get away with that. What's the matter? I thought I heard Alexander. I think I'd better go and see. He's reached the stage when he tries to fling everything out of the cot, including himself. Oh, there you are, dear. Back in a second. Hello. Hello, David. Hello, Tony. Oh, back's a bit stiff. I've been putting up a permit for Mrs. Blair. My good deed for the day. Well, I should think she's jolly grateful. Well, she ought to be. I've certainly done my duty as a neighbor. Well, I know. Anne said you've been launching out. Yeah. <laughs> Helping out. What else did she say? Nothing. Sure? Positive. Why? I was wondering about the launching. Oh, it's no good asking. No good asking me about that. I wasn't here. Weren't here? Not for the launching. <laughs> I can't be concentrating. Where would we be without men? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, nothing's wrong. It must be me. Now, let's start again. Remember when I came into the room? Distinctly. You said Anne had told you something. Remember? Uh, that you were helping out? No. Oh, oh, oh I, I see what you mean. You, you want to know why I said launching out? Yes. Well, that, that's easy. I'm glad. 
We've we, we just been talking about the other Helen. The other Helen. Yes, you know, the, the, the one that launched a thousand jobs. The launched a thousand ships. You may know what you're talking about, but it's Greek to me. Well, I said, I, I, that's rather good. What? <laughs> well, uh, Helen, Hel, 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 Helen of Blair was Greek. You, um, <laughs> Helen of Troy. I'm beginning to understand. Oh, jolly good. Helen Blair, the pretty face that launched me into a thousand jobs. Well, you never know. It might be a thousand of... Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Too late now. No, I, I mean, it, it wasn't Anne. I, I, I'm the one that said that. Said what? That, that, that you'd be launched into a thousand jobs. Oh, did you indeed? Yes. Yes, I did. Not, uh, not that I blame you. Blame me? Pretty woman, old boy, eh? <laughs> Must you do that? Why, why, I'm only digging you in the ribs. I know, but is it essential? Well, vital, especially for me. <laughs> Are you raving about? Why, well, I, I don't know the words. Well, hum the tune. <laughs> I, I, I haven't the faintest idea what you mean. Stalemate. <laughs> oh, I'm going out. Why? What, what, what have I said? Enough. Do you know how long Anne and I have been married? Ten years. You'd think that she'd trust me by now. But no. Oh, but yes. Oh, for heaven's sake. I'm going out. Oh, hello, dear. We keep meeting in doorways. I'm taking steps to remedy that. What happened? You were wrong. It's just as explosive for me. Oh, dear. Honestly, it was a bad day for everybody when I let my flat. I'm always causing trouble. Not this time. It takes two to make a row. It'd be ridiculous to quarrel over Mrs. Blair. I don't feel strongly about her. And so what will you do? If he says anything, I shall agree with him. That's bound to leave him speechless. <laughs> Never. Why? What, what, what's happened? I was struggling home with my shopping. I couldn't get on a bus. When guess who went sailing past in the car? Tony? Yes. And guess who was sitting beside him? A merry widow. Mrs. Blair? In person and in comfort. Where's Tony? Why, I, I, I've only just come in myself. Just wait till I see him. Just wait. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, Psyche's come to see what's going on. I'm going on. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, just, just a second, Anne. Remember, remember what you said the other day? It'd be ridiculous to have a row over Mrs. Blair. It's got nothing to do with Mrs. Blair. I feel the same whoever it was. It's... It's... Well, it's... What? It's completely unreasonable. Oh, I'm sorry, Poppet. The storm's over. Oh, jolly good. And you, uh... You won't say anything to Tony? It's going to be awfully difficult. But you'll try. I'll count ten before I speak. You think ten will be enough? <laughs> I'll start counting now. I'm just going to get on with my ironing. Perhaps I'll feel better when I've scorched his shirt... Probably. Oh, dear. I've just remembered the iron's not working. Tony's been promising to look at it for days. Now, if it had been Mrs. Blair's iron... One, two, the... three, four, five. Thank you. Any time. Yeah, would, uh, would you like me to look at it? Could you? I mean, do you know anything about irons? Oh, good gracious, yes. I, I've mended my own often enough. I, I'm quite an expert. Then why did you have to mend it so often? Well, that's a good <laughs> No, but seriously... <laughs> It's all right. I'm only teasing. I'd be more than grateful. Let me see. I saw the screwdriver in here somewhere. Oh, yes, there it is. Look, on the windowsill. I'll go and get the iron. Right up. On the, uh, on the windowsill? <whistles> Where? <whistles> oh, yes, that is. 
Hello, David, boy. Oh, hello, Tony. I suppose you haven't seen that... Oh, good gracious. What? Uh, that's what I've come in for, the screwdriver. Thanks, old boy. You weren't using it, right? Well, yes, I... Well, um... five minutes, you can have it back. I gave Mrs. Blair a lift home and landed myself with another job. Oh, good heavens. So, so that's where you've been. Yes, uh, putting up another pelvis. Thanks for the screwdriver. Oh, gosh. Uh, just a second, Tony. Tony! Oh, dear. Now we're really in for a storm. Yes, and a thunderstorm at that. <laughs> what, 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 what on earth can we do? Well, don't be silly. I can't creep under a chair. Here you are. Here's the iron. Where's Tony? Tony? Yes, I heard his voice. Well, I was afraid of that. F -f afraid of that? Waking Alexander. Where is he? He's asleep in his cot. Oh, where's Tony? <laughs> oh, he, he just popped pop, pop, out to get some cigarettes. Oh, I see. What's Psyche doing under the chair? No, she's afraid of the thunder. No, oh. I mean the... Thunder? You know, in, in, in the distance. What are you talking about? It's a lovely evening now. Well, that's funny. I could have sworn I heard you rumbling. Yeah. <laughs> Did Tony tell you he was going for cigarettes? Um, yes. Why? There's a packet on the mantelpiece. Oh, gosh, is there? Yes, there is, and he's supposed to be cutting down. Oh, he's, he's obviously forgotten about that. B about what? Cutting down? No, no, about the other pelmet. No, the other package. <laughs> What's the matter? Is there something I ought to know? Oh, quite the reverse. No, no, nothing, nothing. I'll, 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 I'll have a shot at mending the iron. It's awful sweet of you. Pleasure. Now, let's see. Uh, where's the screwdriver? Yeah, on second thoughts, I think I'll leave it to Tony. Why? Well, he, he's the handyman. Nonsense. It takes him all his time to mend a few. No, I, I'd rather not do it, honestly, Anne. It, it's a tricky job. So? Well, I, I, I might make a mess of it. I seem to remember somebody saying he was an expert. Well, there you are. That's the man you want. That's the man. <laughs> that's the man I've got. Well, that's all right, then. You, you don't need me. It was you. I said I was an expert. Yes, you did. Oh, gosh. How conceited can you get? <laughs> Where's Tony really gone? I told you. All right, we'll leave that and turn to something else. Oh, jolly gone. Where's the screwdriver gone? Yeah, that's a turn for the worse. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I had it a moment ago. I, I must have put it down somewhere. Where? God, this is ridiculous. I, it must be here. I, I actually had it in his hand. Oh, for goodness In my hand. I... <laughs> it's perfectly obvious that Tony's got it. Tony? Well, why, why, why should Tony want a screwdriver? To put up the other pelmet. Oh, dear. So you've guessed? About ten minutes ago. I'm sorry. I don't blame you. I blame Tony. Gone to get some cigarettes, indeed. Such a futile excuse. No, I suppose so. Surely he could do better than that. No, I'm sure he could. Oh, no, 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 you're wrong. It wasn't Tony's idea. It was mine. Don't be ridiculous. No, it was, really. He's always getting you to make excuses for him. Yes, but, but not this time, honestly. It was entirely my idea. There, there, there you are. There, there, there's Tony. If you don't believe me, ask him. I will. Not directly, though. That'd be too easy. Well, what, what will you ask him? Whether then? he's got the cigarettes. He, he won't know what you're talking about. In that case, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Ah, hello there. Oh, hello, dear. Did you get them all right? Get what? Your cigarettes. Cigarettes? David said you popped out to get some. Oh, my cigarettes. Oh, yes. So, so, so sorry. I forgot for a second. Uh, yes, yes, I get them all right. Well, that's impossible. You can't have done. Meaning what? That you've been found out again. I'm not going to lose my temper in front of David, but I suggest we have an early night. An early night? We must get some, please. Yes? <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid it's all my fault. That goes without saying. Go on. Oh, it's rather a long story. Make it as short as possible. I was a good chap. I, I must get some sleep. Well, it, it, it all started because Anne saw you and Mrs. Blair in the car. Oh, for heaven's sake. What's wrong with that? The poor woman was struggling along with her shopping. So was Anne. Oh. Oh, dear, I see. She, she, she was in rather a mood about it. I know exactly the mood you mean, murderous. Well, it's, it's quite understandable. Well, of course it is, bless her heart. Well, I, I, I didn't want to, well... To... Pour oil on troubled water, so you invented the cigarette story. Yes, I see. Oh, well, I'd better go make my peace. No, oh, just a second, Tony. What? Did you, uh, did you really get some cigarettes? Well, of course not. 
Then why on earth say you had? Well, you were obviously covering up for something, so I played along. <laughs> yes, but why? Force of habit, I suppose. <laughs> See you later. Much later. Oh, I should stay under there if I were you. There's another one blowing up. Even bigger. What are you doing this evening? Is Penny coming round? Yes, we're, we're going to the pictures. Yeah, the, the same picture. Same? Yes, you know, the, the one we were going to a week or so ago. It's come round to another cinema. Oh, I see. Oh, well, let's hope you make it this time. Oh, don't worry, we will. Oh, by the way, I, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you at breakfast. Has, uh, has it blown over yet? What? The storm. Oh, with Anne, you mean? Mm. Oh, it never amounted much. Honestly? Oh, gracious, no. I put a stop to that in three short sentences. Oh, gosh, what, what were they? I've been taken in by Mrs. Blair, taken my darling wife for granted, and would she like me to mend the eye? Well, I say, that's a pretty strong line. Oh, you've got to put your foot down sometimes. <laughs> that reminds me. Would you do me a favour? I've left a hammer and a pair of pliers round there. Pop round and fetch them. When, huh? Yes, would you? Well, it's a bit difficult for me. I, 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 I've never really met Mrs. Blair. Well, it's impossible for me. Well, because of Anne? Well, there's an even stronger reason. What's that? Another permit. Oh, dear. Mm. I didn't say I'd do it, but she's probably expecting me to. Pop round, that's a good chap. All right, then. Yeah, a splendid fellow. Oh, if, um, if Penny arrives, would you tell her where I've gone? Yes, of course. What time's your film? Seven five. Oh. Oh, well, never mind. It's bound to come round again. <laughs> you, uh... you know what you're fetching, don't you? A hammer and a pair of... Uh, come round again. Yeah. Dickens of a job, these permits. That settles it. You'll have to go yourself. I don't be silly. I'm only pulling your leg. Well, I, I, I'm not so sure. What, what, what happens if you put on her helpless female act? Uh, there's only one answer to that. You're the helpless male. And don't forget you've got the advantage over her. <laughs> advantage? It's no act. No, but seriously, what, what, what shall I say? Oh, you, you don't know one end of a hammer from another. You're all fingers and bruised thumbs. That sort of thing, you huh? know? You'll find that's quite a useful tip when you and Penny finally get married. It's a wise husband who lets his wife think he's more of a handicap than a handy man. <laughs> well, I, I can't see what you stand to gain. More of a chance to read your paper. If you don't start as you mean to go on, you'll never stop. Oh, I'm, I'm anything but a handyman when it comes to woodwork. It takes me all my time to saw a piece in half. Well, there you are. You've got nothing to fear from permit number three. You'll be back before you can say chisel. Well, let's hope so, anyway. Hammer and pliers. Come on, cheer up. It's in a good cause. After all, if you weren't going for me, you know what Anne and I would be doing. Going for each other. Hammer and tongs. I, I, I've rung the bell. Oh, good evening. Oh, good evening. I, I, I believe my brother-in-law left some tools here. Ah, now you must be David. Yes. Yes, I've heard all about you from Tony and Anne. Do come in. What were they, do you know? Who? Oh. Oh, oh, the, the tools? Yes. Oh, uh, hammer and tongs. You were hammer <laughs> and, and uh, a pair of pliers. <laughs> I adore your little dog. But then I adore all dogs. They're so loyal, aren't they? No, oh, man's best friend. Would she like a bone? Oh, no, thank you. She just had a supper. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm having trouble with my friend. Well, I'll see what I can find in a moment. Tony's been absolutely wonderful, you know. In here. Oh, after you. Oh, thank you. As a matter of fact, I was just coming round to throw myself on his mercy yet again. Really? Yes, really. Still, perhaps you'll come to my rescue. I hate asking, but I'm used to having a man about the house. 
Oh, I'm, I'm afraid it's no good asking me. I, I, I'd be more of a handicap than a husband. <laughs> I, um, I wasn't proposing. Oh, then, then a, a handyman. I, I'm absolutely hopeless. Oh, me too. Ah, here's the hammer. Oh, jolly good. But then you expect women to be hopeless. Oh, I, I'm afraid I'm the same when it comes to woodwork. Woodwork? Oh, good gracious, yes. Takes me all my time to saw a woman in half. <laughs> saw a piece in half. Oh, I can't believe that. Well, believe me, it's true. The pliers. Oh, thank you. I, I, I don't know one end of a pelmet from another. You're one end of a hammer from, from another. Well, you're holding it by the right end. Oh, more luck than judgment. I think you're just pretending. Well, I, I'm not, honestly. I, I, I can't cope with the simplest job. Not even mending a fuse? Oh, that, that's different. I, I'm quite an expert at things electrical. Well, that's what I want you to do. What? Mend a fuse. Oh, well, I thought... Uh... I say, I walked into that, didn't I? <laughs> no, I mean, that is, I, 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 I'm in rather a hurry. Oh, it'd only take you a second, and I'd be eternally grateful. Oh, all right, then. I'm sorry to ask you, but I'd never do it myself. I've got nothing working upstairs. No, I know just how you feel. I mean... <laughs> the, the fuses are out here in the hall, up there in that little box thing, fuse wire and a brand-new screwdriver. I'm sorry to be such a nuisance. No, you're, you're not. I'm afraid I am. Nonsense. Well, I won't be from now on. I've had the most wonderful news today. My fiancé's coming back from Scotland. Oh, shall I hold the steps? No, please. Perhaps you know him, Robert Farley. No, I, I can't say I do. Oh, he's very much the handyman. Oh, gosh, really? Oh, good gracious, yes. Well, I say, that is wonderful news. <laughs> Mending a fuse. What, for over half an hour? Well, I couldn't find which one. Well, I'm... never mind that now. Penny's waiting for you in there. Oh, right. I should throw your hat in first. <laughs> uh, has, has she been waiting long? Practically since you left. Well, I'll throw my coat and gloves in as well. <laughs> well, as you keep your coat on, you may be in for an icy reception. Well, I doubt it. She, she's bound to understand when she knows where I've been. You can't tell her where you've been. I can't? Afraid not. I didn't want Anne to know, so I said you'd taken Psyche for a walk. Oh, dear. That does make it difficult. I, I, I haven't got a leg to stand on. That's something you'll have to learn when you're married. How to get by without an excuse. Well, you, you, you can only say you're sorry. Well, it's not what you say. It's the way you look that gets them. The way you look? Oh, definitely. Well, you might tell me about it. Oh, now, just a second. You don't need me to tell you how to get round Penny. Well, any help would be gratefully received. Well, it's a bit embarrassing. I'll give you a clue. Women have a strong maternal instinct. Ah, oh, I see. Throw in my hat and put on my rompers. <laughs> well, metaphorically speaking, yes. I, I, I was joking. Ever heard of the little boy look? Yes, but I, I don't know what it meant. Well, it's a sort of visual baby talk. Oh, gosh, is that how you get round that? We'll draw a veil over that. A thick veil. Aren't you going to be late for your film? Oh, good gracious, I was forgetting. Well, we're going to miss the beginning anyway. No, go on, quickly, in you go. And don't forget, you've been taking Psyche for a walk. Sorry about that, but it's the first thing I thought of. Well, I had the same trouble yesterday. Yesterday? Well, I told Anne you popped out the cigarettes, remember? Oh. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks. Hello, Penny. Ah, hello. And where on earth have you been? Well, I've just been taking Psyche for a smoke. Be uh, taking <laughs> Psyche for a walk. I, I didn't realize how late it was. And that's your excuse? Well, I'm afraid I haven't got a leg to stand on. I'm sorry. I should jolly well think so. Forgive me? Oh, I'll have to now. I can't resist you when you look like that. Like what? Oh, I don't know. Like a naughty little boy. Oh, gosh, it worked, and I wasn't even trying. <laughs> Why, 
what worked? Yeah, my, my, my little boy, look. Oh, so it's just a way of getting round me. Yes, and a jolly good way at that. <laughs> I see. So you're not really sorry at all. Well, of course I am, only I... Only what? Well, it, it wasn't my fault. She, she, she's not the sort of person to take no for an answer. Who? Mrs... Missing the film, you know. Where have you really been? I've told you, I was out with Mrs. Blair. Oh, out with... oh David. I'm sick and tired of you being deceitful. Why not say you were round at... Oh, so you're back at last. Where on earth have you been? Round at Mrs. Blair's. I thought you were out with Psyche. That's David's story. Ah. Not only his. Tony? Yeah? I want you... Coming. Honestly, it'll be a jolly good thing when she marries her Mr. Farley. Farley? Robert Farley, Mrs. Blair's fiancé. Oh, so he's the mystery man. Oh, you might have told us, David. Who is he, do you know? Uh, I'm afraid not. Perhaps Tony does. Is he? Oh, there you are. Do you know Robert Farley? Bob Farley? Oh, yes, I've known him for years. Really? What's he like? Oh, not a bad sort of chap. Good looking? Huh, not after me. How old? Oh, 40, 45. Is he rich, Tony? Mm, comfortable. He's got his own business down there, by the really all I know about him. Except that he's got a mole behind his ear. Which ear? May I go now? Well, yes, of course. I must get on myself. See you two later. Are you going to the pictures? Well, there's not much point. We've missed most of it. Oh, dear. Still never mind. It's bound to come round again. <laughs> oh, David, I'm sorry. It's all my fault for gossiping. And mine for mending the fuse. Mm, I'd forgotten about that. He's all forgiven now? Completely. Pity. Why? Well, I was hoping we, 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 we might kiss and make up. Oh, darling David. Darling. Mm. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I feel just the same about this as you do about gossip. What on earth do you mean? It's even better than the pictures. <laughs> that was A Life of Bliss, the artist taking part where David Bliss, George Cole, Anne Fellows, Diana Churchill, Tony Fellows, Colin Gordon, Penny Gay, Petula Clark... Helen Blair, Moira Lister, Psyche the Dog, Percy Edwards. This program, which was recorded by the BBC, was written by Godfrey Harrison and produced by Leslie Bridgman. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.